You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We're back with Gene and Chris and a fascinating sort of change of pace episode coming up. We'll talk to you about it very soon. Now, in last week's episode of After the Paracast, Chris was talking about solid developments in really doing UFO research. You know, for working with Mark D'Antonio and Mr. Trumbull, the famous special effects expert on their project, and of course the San Luis Valley camera project. All this stuff to actually attempt to record events in progress and get real data, not just someone writing something down, I saw this, I saw that. We've got thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of those, and where have we gone? Speaking of after the Paracast, we've been getting a really good amount of positive comments about after the Paracast. So Chris, would you tell our listeners, please, how they can hear it too? This is a chance for you to get a version of the show that's got a little bit better quality audio. It's higher resolution audio and it's uh, the network commercials have been taken out. For a modest $5 a month, you can go ahead and get that commercial free show. Plus, we do a half hour show at the end of our regular show where we either continue the conversation or get into some uh, areas that we don't normally talk about on the air, for instance. And uh, you can get after the Paracast, like I said, for an extra five, you know, for $5 a month or if you want to go for a year, it's $50. How much is it for five years, Gene? 175 For five years, 175 So you're getting the equivalent of 18 months free of charge. And yep. you have been very generous, my friend, because those who subscribe for a year or five years, what do they get? They get a copy of my ebook, Stalking the Tricksters, which goes into a lot of areas that we're going to be covering today with uh, Eric Wargo. So there it is. After the Paracast, uh, we've graduated to... Uh, the let your hair down, <laughs> tell it like it is scenario there. And uh, so tune in and uh, sign up. This is what makes the Paracast different from a lot of other radio shows. I'm not going to rag on anybody because I think some people like Micah Hanks and other people are doing really remarkable work in this field. Micah Hanks is a, you know, a young whippersnapper. And I always commend him for the work he does on the Graylian Report and everything. So there's a lot of good work out there. But we try to probe areas that we hope will have meaningful results, not repeat the errors of the past. Now, if you want to learn more about getting after the Paracast and the ad-free version of the show, go to plus.theparacast.com, P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com. I'm just going to ask you to look at the instructions because it takes a couple of steps to make this happen. This is not an easy thing for us to do. And we had to go through a bunch of hoops to make it happen. What's also fascinating is the fact that our discussion forums cover a very, very wide range of subjects that sometimes you don't expect. And we'll get into our guest of the week a little bit of time. Well, of course, the Roswell slide's getting a lot of play in one of our friends of the show and frequent posters, Red Pill Junkie, is going to be there on May 5th, so we expect to get a report from him. But funny, one of the more active discussions relates to this episode, I think 1989 was a Chris, where they had this woman reported being abducted by a UFO near the Brooklyn Bridge. Right. The Linda Kortzeal case, uh, or Linda Napolitano, I think was the name they used. 
that has been for 25 years. Yep. A pretty, pretty controversial case. Now, I'm looking at the book. Apparently, it's still available. Witness the true story of the Brooklyn Bridge UFO abductions. And some people feel that Linda made it all up. Other people say, no, something happened and we got to figure out what it is. And it gets more complicated because one of the ex-wives of Bud Hopkins, one Carol Rainey, did a documentary aiming to disprove it. Other people have gone back and said, well, no, the documentary contains lots of incorrect information. One of our regular posters, Sean Mears, who happens to be a close friend of these people, he has done an extensive amount of research into this case. I mean, amazing. He posts in our forums and says, here's 17 references for you to check. And each of those 17 references takes about an hour to read because that's how complicated this case is. Now, I don't pretend to know what happened there. Well, I don't know, Gene, the whole thing about Paris de Cuellar, the, the Secretary General of the UN, inadvertently going by and seeing this. That, I mean, it has some elements to it that are just, I don't know, beyond head scratchers. For example, this is New York City. Why so few witnesses? Unless, no. you know, maybe they had something that clouded their minds that the aliens put forth. They're using their power like the shadow to cloud your mind so you can't see them. Actually, he said cloud men's minds, but, you know, what about women? They couldn't see him either. You, you see the point here. There are questions, legitimate questions to ask. I guess the problem has been is that it's so replete with personal attacks, attacking Bud Hopkins' integrity, saying that he's a fool. He was fooled by Linda Cortiel or, or Linda Napolitano, whatever name you wish to use, that she fooled him. And I don't know. I don't think he was anyone's fool. I think he believed that there was a solid basis for this case. It may not be what we perceive it to be. The reality of abductions may be very different from what we expect based on the accounts. But that also takes us to our guests, which we'll talk about in just a moment. But again, that's a very, very popular discussion in our forums right now. The other, of course, is still global warming. I mean, that discussion on global warming, hundreds and hundreds Oh, it just never ends. It's like, all right, already, let's, even if you think that we have very little contribution to be made to global warming, that's mostly natural. Let's open the table here. That's what you believe. Very very few topics, Gene, on the forum bring out the cats and dogs and and global warming. It's it's a constant source of um, heated debate, I think, uh, would be a kind way of putting it. But you see, even if you believe that most of it is natural, that we did a tiny bit of it, don't you want to have a better environment? (laughs) Don't you think we should have less air pollution? How many people die or suffer serious illnesses because of air pollution in different parts of the world? Don't you want a cleaner world? Forget about whether you believe that we're contributing to global warming. No. Why not make it more environmentally safe? Is there any harm in that except for a bunch of oil billionaires who feel they can gain something out of it? That's a point. Maybe we'll get into that in After the Powercast this week. I don't know. Chris, would you tell our listeners about our guest? You know, I will. And I am really amazed at um, Eric Wargo's uh, nightshirt uh, blog. Uh, It's it's really fascinating, uh, some of the subjects that he gets, gets into. 
He's a science writer from Washington, D.C. He has a Ph.D. in anthropology, and he's worked for all sorts of uh, government organizations, uh, conducting archaeology, psychology, neuroscience research. And uh, he has a really insightful blog called The Nightshirt, all one word, thenightshirt.com. And I was made aware of him uh, on the Paracast uh, thread that people say, hey, you should have certain people on. You know, they suggest guests in this thread. And I remember his name came up. And then just uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was um, I was uh, sent a link to an article that he had written about um, synchronicity and uh, the possibility that we may be looking at this whole subject bass backwards. And today we're going to we're going to be introduced to a very, very brilliant thinker, uh, his work uh, goes the width and breadth from sci-fi um, through uh, all sorts of reality studies, and of course, as a you know, as an anthropologist, uh, he applies all these things uh, in a in a very unique way. So we're going to have fun with Eric today, and hopefully, this will be the first of uh, several return visits with him. The guest is Eric Wargo. Put your conceptions of reality at the front door. Leave them there because they're about to change. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. Friends, this is Alex Jones for MidasResources.com. For more than 15 years, I have exclusively used Midas Resources for all my precious metal needs. Whether it's bullion or collectibles you're looking for, Midas Resources is simply the best. I own my gold as a hedge against inflation. This Federal Reserve fiat currency could go the way of the Deutschmark and the Weimar Republic anytime. In these historically dangerous times, it makes sense to physically hold gold and silver. Midas already has some of the best deals in the industry. But if you give them a call and mention the radio special, they will give you a list of the day's super specials. Midas brokers are standing by to answer all your questions at 800-686-2237. They also have a lot of informative free literature explaining the opportunities and risk of holding precious metals. They are ready to answer your questions at 800-686-2237. Again, that's 800-686-2237. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. 
General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. Ouch! My back is out again! Hi, Dr. Ortman with Wellspring Spinal Care. If you're experiencing neck, mid, or lower back pain, this information is for you. One of the complaints that I hear is patients receive their typical adjustment, only having to repeat them as the pain returns. Putting the bones back in place is only half of the battle. At Wellspring Spinal Care, we have the entire solution. We use the NUCA approach, utilizing three-dimensional x-rays and gentle touch technology to deliver specific correction. We then design Design a custom nutritional supplement program which provides essential nutrients targeting the areas of concern. With a NUCA approach and proper nutrition, you'll be on your way to a faster and more permanent recovery. To get you on the road to wellness, visit drortman.com. That's Dr. O-R-T-M-A-N.com. Or call us today, 952-303-9124. That's 952-303-9124. Wellspring Spinal Care, chiropractic done right. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So, long time ago, I heard my first Robin Williams comedy presentation on HBO or something. We was doing his nightclub act and one of the lines he says is reality what a concept and that takes us to eric wargo who is our guest this week and we're going to take you to a new reality or realities and it's going to be a fascinating journey and i'm not pretending i know much about this except that i have a reality i'd love to change but you know that's about it eric welcome to the paracast thanks for having me this is great Now, let me ask you a really simple, basic, stupid question, and then we'll go on. And that is here. Can we depend on reality being a constant that is predictable, that can be learned, or is it just a mishmash of all sorts of influences? Uh, I'd say the latter. I, I, I really don't think that reality is a constant at all, and it very much depends on your point of view. I mean, that's an old idea, you know, it's relativism basically, but I think it, it really operates on a very fundamental level. I think, you know, there's this kind of popular notion of, you know, the universe is kind of this glass football that, you know, everything is sort of fixed and, and, and if you could just know every particle and position every particle in the universe, you'd, you'd know all the outcomes. And I don't think there is such a thing. I don't think there's any one history. Uh, or any one, you know, reality. 
uh, unfolding. I think it just depends on your point of view. Well, my point of view is, boy, if you look at the American pubic, as I like to refer to them, there is definitely a, a there's a constant there. I think it's uh, corn fed, inbred and brain dead for the most part. Uh, you know, I hate to sound like that, but boy, there's millions of people walking around in constant in a constant I'll underline that word constant state of waking coma. Other than that, uh, it's it's a pleasure speaking with someone that actually has a head on their shoulders and is able to look at the. Uh, these uh, very mind warping subjects. But, 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 I mean, even look at them. Number one, and number two, make make head, heads or tails out of it, and come up with some real creative thinking. I'm your coincidence, chaos archetypes in our science fictional world article just bowled me over. I mean, this is good stuff, and uh, that's why I, I thought it was real important to introduce you to uh, our very up to speed listenership at the Paracast here. And Jeff Davis, one of our posters, is a big fan of yours. He um, he's been following your stuff for years and uh, has mentioned your name uh, to us. And I'm, it's really a pleasure to finally get you on the show and and talk about some of these mind warping things that aren't as constant as people might <laughs> think they are. Well, thank you. That's great. Let's kind of dive in here. First of all, uh, why don't you give us a little background on your education? Uh, what got you? Uh, started in you know in this particular realm of of kind of heady heady thinking. Give us a little. Who is Eric Wargo? Give us a, a sense of who you are. Well, okay, I got I have a PhD in anthropology, but I did not go into academia. I went into science writing after I finished my dissertation. I just didn't want to do the whole academic thing. I'm not really cut out for spending my whole life, my head buried, you know, in one really narrow little you know, obscure little topic. I kind of want to explore everything and then move on when I'm done. So science writing sort of gave me, uh, you know, it's turned out to be a really good career for me. Uh, and so I, I worked for a psychology organization for a long time and an archaeology organization for a long time. And then now I'm working for uh, the National Institutes of Health as a science writer. Uh, so I'm writing about a lot of neuroscience stuff and all that. So that's my day job. But how did I get into... Uh, all this <laughs> paranormal, uh, all the stuff that, that you guys deal with on the Paracast. Um, I guess I've always been interested in in UFOs, ESP, whatnot, but sort of it was always in the back of my mind. And then in 2009, I had a couple of UFO experiences, not very minor. You know, they were just balls of light at a distance, you know, nothing like super you know, earth shattering, but they, they sort of got me to actually do my due diligence and do some reading about the subject. And that was the first time I really became aware that, oh my God, there's really smart people actually studying this stuff. You know, this isn't just uh, a kooky fringe arena. I mean, it is partly that, but it's not. Yeah, yeah Jethro's They're, in the trailer parks. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, now there were some very smart people writing about this stuff and um, and at that point, you know, Mac Tony's had a blog that that really inspired me. And I thought, you know, Hey, I'm going to start talking about this stuff on my blog and sort of reacting to things I was reading. And so I went down, you know, went down the rabbit hole and, uh, it started out, you know, with the UFO stuff. I mean, I, 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 you know, read everything I could find. And, and of course, like a lot of, I'm sure like you guys and like a lot, I know a lot of your listeners, you know, I really gravitated to the work of Jacques Vallée. I mean, he, he has been a huge, huge inspiration for me in all kinds of ways. And it's sort of in grappling with the ideas that he puts out there that you, it kind of forces you to start thinking about these other 
topics that are, that for me were always a little bit more like, I don't know if I want to, yeah, I didn't have trouble, you know, think I didn't have trouble with the concept of UFOs. I did have trouble with the concept of ESP and various other paranormal phenomena. And I'd never really done much reading about it, but you know, it forced me to, to, to get into it. And, um, and I was, I have to say that was probably a bigger paradigm shift for me than even, you know, thinking about the UFO subject, uh, because I grew up, my parents were both psychologists, my, you know, scientifically oriented psychologists. And there, oh there's no group of people more skeptical <laughs> really? <about laughs> than mainstream scientific psychologists. And so, you know, just the, just the very concept of. So psych- both your parents were psychologists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, how come you sound so normal? Aren't kids so psycho- <laughs> psychologists totally screwed it's taken, up? It's taken me 48 years to get oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you're hiding the real truth here and you're just putting on this calm demeanor and all the chaos is happening underneath. Right. Well, there, there could be that. Well, a lot, of, a lot of meditation has helped me become normal, I have to tell you. Yeah. So, so it's the... Yeah, I think it was originally Jacques Vallée. And of course, he kind of, when you read Jacques Vallée, of course, you get introduced to the whole SRI world of remote viewing and, and that and that whole thing. And so that's become a real strong interest of mine in the last um, couple of years, especially. I kind of I kind of got sick of writing about UFOs because, you know, I, I think with, with everyone, you, you reach a point where you realize, oh, my God, this, this is just a, this, this whole topic is just a quagmire. Um, it's just, you know, it's, well, that's why we need to bring it uh, to the next level. And that would be fixed, uh, you know, hard data monitoring arrays, uh, triangulated cameras, magnetometers, gravitometers, uh, you know, do it right. Like a a scientific organization can do it with the technology now being so affordable and the ability over the internet with, with very short latency times to actually you know, have detect on motion, record on motion capabilities. This is where the, uh, I think the real nuts and bolts ufology is going. Yes. Where is nuts and bolts ufology going? We have Eric Wargo. We're tearing apart our concept of reality and trying to figure out how to take things to the next level with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. leading the way for the nation compelling talk for every political persuasion we are gcn is there a secret ufo agenda do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth is there evidence for mind control time travel or devious government conspiracies find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at webtv.net. That's MrUFO at webtv.net. Find out what they don't want you to know.
If you constantly feel run down and tired, your pH level might be low and your body could be full of toxins. If what you drink is not at a pH level of 8 or higher, you are inviting bacteria and acid to thrive in your body. But there is something you can do. Simply add 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops to your water to help your body rid itself of acidic waste, increase oxygen, and raise your pH balance to optimum levels. AlkaVision Plasma pH drops combine a unique formula of the most alkaline minerals in the world. Alkalizing the water you drink, ridding your body of acidic waste and toxins, and helping you regain energy and vibrant health. And studies show viruses, bacteria, and toxins cannot survive in an alkaline, high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com today. As a parent, one of my greatest concerns is for the safety and well-being of my family. But no matter how concerned I am, it doesn't take the place of taking action and preparing for the unknown. I plan by having a GoFood savings account where I allocate a little money each month to have health store quality food delivered to my door at budget store prices. Although GoFoods are storable for 25 years, they are family mealtime favorites even today. My family asking to eat the food that we are storing lets me know that when we only have the food we stored to live on, that we won't have the added stress of eating unfamiliar or undesirable food. Buying GoFoods is investing in the future of my family. Convenient packages allow me to buy according to my budget, and I get free shipping on my monthly orders. To set up your GoFood savings account, call 800-648-9753 or on the web at www.storefoodnow.com. That's 800-648-9753. By now, you may have heard a bit about Bitcoins. But did you know Bitcoins are now over an $8.5 billion market? And did you know that over 65,000 businesses now accept Bitcoins? Listen, if you're already earning Bitcoins or trying to make money in the Bitcoin market, you've got to know BidBit.co. Why? Because BidBit.co is where you can easily receive Bitcoins by selling and auctioning off your own personal items or promote business products and services for Bitcoins. You heard right. Whether personal or business, you can now buy, sell, and auction your products and services quickly, easily and securely for Bitcoin at BidBit.co, the first and only marketplace website to offer BidBit escrow, a proprietary technology which gives buyers and sellers security and peace of mind because all transactions are protected. Start today. It's free to join, free to post, free to auction, and free to bid at BidBit.co. Buy, sell, bid, or auction everything Bitcoin. That's www.bidbit.co. BidBit.co. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So let me tell you right now, if you're expecting a normal run of ghosts and Bigfoot and UFOs, turn the dial to another station. Do people do that anymore? <laughs> Turn the dial to another station. I think you just push a button. That's how it goes right now. Just dated yourself. Well, listen, I was building two radios when I was a kid (laughs) and crystal radios when I was a kid. So, yeah, you can date me, but Mm -hmm. not in reality. Anyway, Eric Wargo is here with Gene and Chris in the Paracast. And Chris was framing a question 
I, I think I think nuts and bolts ufology. We we need to separate this out into categories. I think someone like a Jacques Vallée, um, who's proposing a global uh, effort to try to uh, create you know the ultimate database. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in writing books with uh, Chris uh, Aubeck about sightings uh, that were fairly well documented prior to, to the 1880s. You know, I think this is all well and good, but if we really want to make progress, we we need to come come up with some hard data that that can be that can withstand the rigors of of science and uh, is unequivocal and and unassailable. This is where nuts and bolts ufology should be headed, and and, and hopefully with with Douglas Trumbull and UFOTOG and and my San Luis Valley project and other projects, I'm sure that are that are out there. I think this is where we're going to be taking it forward. But but with someone like you, Eric, you you kind of look in the chinks chinks in the uh, armor of reality and our, our you know the way that we are able to um, um, sort of miss out uh, force for the trees certain elements uh, that are mentioned in the books and in the literature. Things like synchronicity, for instance, things like precognition, um, as you mentioned, ESP, remote viewing. These are the types of things that that I think are potential windows and doorways that open up uh, a wonderful uh, vista of possibility. And uh, that's kind of where your blog really, I think is important for people and why I'm highly recommending it. I, I'm, it's going to take me a while to get, to get caught up on some of your, your writing, but if, if it's, if it's like uh, your last several uh, pieces, boy, I'm, I'm going to have some fun with it. Um, <laughs> Why don't you give us a sense of where your thinking has uh, not only developed with Valet, but but some of the other influences that you've had uh, in, let's maybe start in the UFO realm, but then branch off. Uh, have you read much of John Keel's work, for instance? I've read a little bit of it. Yeah, I've, I've read a couple of his books. Um, he's Yeah, he's great. He's great. Honestly, I have only, I think, a limited ability to read stories about, you know, some, some you, you a lot of this literature is just endless stories, endless, you know, fascinating encounter stories, whatever. In the end, it's like, okay, I get it. You know, I'm, I'm a believer. You know, this is real. I just, I then want to understand, I want to understand what it could be. You know, I, I really want to get at, you know, what's the reality underlying this. And I don't trust most encounter stories. I mean, I think that, you know, something is happening to or in the mind of the experiencer, it's distorting the reality of what's going on. I'm not, I'm not at all saying that it's only in their heads, but it's right. something is affecting their heads. Yeah. And that's constantly this, what we, what we're dealing with uh, in the abduction phenomenon, what yes, we're absolutely. constantly talking about. Well, where do you come down on that? I mean, what, what kind of operative mechanism do you think is at play? Is there something that, uh, truly external that is influencing uh, some sort of uh, inner mental process or emotional am- process? Yeah, I'm very reluctant to even talk about the abduction phenomenon because it's something I don't know a lot about. I haven't read a lot of a lot of the literature. It's something. It's it's sort of the, the corner of the little corner of ufology that I kind of <laughs> set aside because it, it seems a little embarrassing, a little troublesome. Not sure what, to, not sure how to deal with it. And frankly, some of the people, the big names who talked about abduction, I I don't buy their methods and their assumptions and. Right. And so it's, it just seems problematic to me. And so I don't really, I, I can't say that's all to say that I'm not an expert in abduction. And so I don't want to give my opinion of what's going on. I've, you know, on my blog, I've, I've, I have tossed out some, some ideas and this is, I'll, I'm not the only one to have this idea, but I think, you know, the idea of transcranial magnetic stimulation 
this is a method that's that's now used in hospitals and and laboratories to actually create mental effects, which happen to be very often very similar to the kinds of effects you see in abduction cases. I mean, it's, it makes a lot of sense that in the presence of a powerful electromagnetic field, like what are supposed to exist with a lot of UFOs, uh, which disrupt car engines and airplane electronics, it seems very reasonable that they could do the same thing to the human cortex and produce all the kind of classic effects familiar from the abduction literature. Is that the explanation? The explanation, I I don't know, but I think that that certainly could be part of the story. Um, I also have to say that I don't think that the UFO phenomenon is is one thing. I think that there are multiple things going on that may have little to do with each other, that have kind of gotten lumped together. So I don't know that there's any one answer to these things. Okay, so we're lumping together a number of different things, and certainly you appear to have done that when you separate out the abduction scenario from the rest. Mm -hmm. What else have we put together in one bucket that maybe should be in separate buckets? Well... Another bucket that I'm not very happy with is, of course, the Roswell thing. And I know you guys aren't either. I mean, that's just, that's just a, I mean, I don't even read the stories anymore about the Roswell slides. And just so I, I tell you, man, the, I, I break out in hives. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah. I've been to Roswell and it's like a virus. It's, it's creeping out <laughs> over the countryside. Uh, the closer you get to Roswell, New Mexico, the more alien images you encounter. And by the time you're 50 miles, 40 miles away, Everything is aliens. And when you get into Roswell, even the country and Western clothing stores have alien mannequins. It is, I break out in hives in places I don't know where to put calamine lotion. You know, I'm going to find really enjoyment in how you react next week because we're apparently going to have Red Pill Junkie here. And he's our favorite cutting edge thinker from Mexico. Uh And he's going to attend the Roswell Slides event. Oh, awesome. In Mexico City on May fifth. Oh, Miguel's gonna have a. He's gonna have so much fun. Yeah. Well, I, I'm. Yeah, that'll be fun to see what happens. But oh my god. Or, or what doesn't happen? Or what doesn't happen? Right. Right. Um, oh God. I, yeah. Better him than me. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think that whole the whole notion of crashed saucers and. And all the ideas that spin off from that, like, you know, uh, you know, re-engineering, you know, uh, alien technology, all that stuff. I mean, that I just don't, you know, that is uh, sort of off my radar pretty much completely. I, I don't, however, completely discount the ETH, the extraterrestrial hypothesis, um, as long as you revise it. Uh, and this I've written about a lot on my blog, too. Uh, I think that... You know, the whole, when people, when you say UFOs, people in their minds, immediately there's this image of a little flying saucer with, with, a, a, you know, a little gray man behind the wheel, like, you know, this, this very, you know, 1950s image. And unfortunately, the public still thinks that way. And you can't blame them. They don't, they haven't been educated that there are more sophisticated ideas out there. Um, but I, I do think that the, that there are other models of a kind of modified ETH. And this is something I have written about on my blog a lot. I think that, that it is very reasonable, not from UFO. You don't even have to look at the UFO data. You don't even have to look at the UFO phenomenon. Just looking at all the models of interstellar 
colonization and expansion uh, proposed, you know, in order to sort of investigate the, you know, the Fermi paradox and all that, or the, the, actually the models that the Fermi paradox is based on, you know, the, the, which all point to the idea that our, our galaxy should be completely inhabited, colonized, whatever you want to call it by now, um, you know, or we're alone. That's, that's, you know, somehow the dichotomy that we're presented with. I think these are very unrealistic because they assume that the trajectory of a technological society is going to be expansion, physical expansion into, you know, into the universe, you know, via colonization or whatever. We have Eric Wargo with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. leading the way for the nation compelling talk for every political persuasion we are gcn attack of the rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike it's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget a former u.s military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. Attention, do you owe money to the IRS or have years of unfiled returns? Are you being audited or receiving threatening letters? If the answer is yes, you need help. The IRS can seize your property and assets, impose fines and penalties, garnish your wages, and even go after your bank account. Don't take on the IRS by yourself. Don't let the IRS destroy your life. Take action now. Call our team of experts for a free and confidential initial evaluation. We've helped thousands resolve their tax problems. Let us help you. 800-261-7073. 800-261-7073. If the The IRS has garnished your paycheck or seized money from your bank account. You need to get professional tax help now. Fast action is required to put a halt to these aggressive IRS collection tactics. You can count on the knowledgeable team of tax professionals at Wall & Associates. With over 30 years of experience, Wall & Associates has settled the tax problems of thousands of taxpayers for a small fraction of what they owed. For a free face-to-face consultation, call 1-800-425-4610 to put a wall between you attention taxpayers if you've received a notice from the irs or state do not ignore it it's also a big mistake to try and handle your tax problem on your own if you owe back taxes it's a fact that the government has the power to take everything you own including your home business wages savings and your freedom but here's the good news there's a special toll-free tax hotline set up especially for you this tax hotline will tell you about new programs that are geared to help you dramatically settle reduce or eliminate what you owe but you have to call now take down this number or put it in your cell phone but call 877-345-7645 that's 877 877- 
345-7645. When you call, you get free information on how you can reduce or eliminate back taxes, including penalties and interest. You can also be helped if you have unfiled returns, a tax lien, wage garnishment, bank levy, or if you've been entered into a payment plan but can't make the payments. Don't make the big mistake in thinking you can ignore or handle your tax problem on your own. You can stop the collection process immediately at 1-877-345-7645. That's 1-877-345-7645. 1-877-345-7645. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Chris is descending into his trickster voice. It's going to come full-blown as we go on. Eric Wargo is our guest. He's a science writer, PhD in anthropology, and he's telling us a lot of things that maybe you didn't want to hear. Okay, so we're looking at the extremes here you were mentioning, Eric, that one, the galaxy is plentiful with life, where we're all alone. Well, should be. Should be. Now, or we're all alone, which seems another extreme in the other direction. So where is the Goldilocks point here? I think what I was starting to say before the break was that the trajectory of a technological civilization is not going to be towards expansion into the universe. It's going to, because alongside spaceflight capability is going to come all the other technological advances that we associate with the singularity. And I'm not a big singularity believer either, but but some version of the singularity is going to happen slowly over the next century or so, which is going to involve one massive extension of the lifespan and massive advances in computing and robotics. Now, what this is going to mean is that our future in space is actually going to, I think, probably stop with colonization of the solar system. I don't think we're going to physically in our human bodies extend beyond the solar system. You know, hopefully we'll extend off the earth. I would like to see that. And I think a lot of people assume that that will happen, but, but by the time, you know, by a couple of centuries from now, we're going to be exploring the universe completely via remote probes, remote drones, self-replicating. And all the models show that if you send out self-replicating drones and they go to the, all the nearest star systems and then there they reproduce and go to the, to the nearest star systems, they will expand, you know, exponentially. And you could quickly, you know, in, in the space of a couple, you know, hundred thousand years or whatever, fill the galaxy with self-replicating 
autonomous, artificially intelligent uh, science platforms, basically, to conduct surveillance, to conduct science, and to basically, and also just to keep an eye on things for security purposes. I mean, for, for just your long-term security as a species, uh, you want to know what's going on everywhere. Uh, so you're going to put your CCTV cameras basically on every planet, not, not just the ones that have, you know, you know, uh, intelligent civilizations like us, you're going to put, you're going to put your monitoring on planets that have just algae because you don't know what's going to happen over the next few million years. So you want to stick around and watch. So I think that it's a very realistic assumption that our planet is being monitored by very advanced technology that would be, you know, we might not even know it was here and that it could be very ancient and it could be, have been here, you know, since before we were even tree shrews, you know, <laughs> that's, uh, that's what I, people say, Oh, you, you're into UFOs. You believe in aliens. And I say, wait a minute, how do you know we're not the aliens and whatever <laughs> people are calling aliens is more, isn't more terrestrial than we are. It's like, there, there's so many sure. knee jerk assumptions out there that just sure. that drive me up the wall. Sure. And, and part of this, part of what I'm proposing is also, you know, the, the, the idea of interstellar colonization is kind of, I think is kind of implicit in the Fermi paradox because, you know, he's Fermi said, you know, where are they? And you know, that, that implied, well, they should be here. They, the, the, you know, a, extraterrestrial beings should be here already. They should be here visiting. They should be whatever. Gathering so, plant it, soil samples. and Yeah. Gathering samples. Right. 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 I, right. I mean, how many reports have you seen? Where the aliens are walking around outside their craft, looking at plants and looking at things on you know in our environment like they've never seen them before. Right, right. It's it's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. Right. You could throw something in orbit the size of a beer can. Right. That could probably have even with our technology have the capability of 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 uh, gathering immense amounts of data without ever having to you know to land or uh, you know to to interact with. Uh, you know, picking daisies and looking at rocks like you've never seen one before. It just doesn't make sense, that, that whole scenario. Well, I agree. I agree with that. But consider this. I think, and th as an anthropologist, I'm coming at this a little differently, I think, than most people. I think that, that if you're actually going to do science on an emerging civilization or on a planet, you don't, you don't just observe. I mean, science is experimentation. Yeah. And it's experimentation, you know, experimentation to create reliable findings you need to do experiments with vast samples and you need to repeat those experiments again and again and then you need to vary the experiments to test different hypotheses and i think that when you consider that and you consider that in order to actually provide to create a realistic very reliable powerful ability to predict and control our behavior should you want to do that ever you would need to conduct Pretty much the same kind of thing that you see on psych labs on campuses all the time, which right. is recruiting, recruiting like sort of naive participants, putting them through some bizarre oddball situation and seeing how they react and doing it again to another group of, of participants. And then right, to create a database. Right. To create a database. And to do this, and the thing is, if you had a, just a long-term project of knowing all that is knowable, these machines could be generating these psych experiments endlessly. And it kind of, when you start thinking those terms, it kind of starts to look a lot like the control system that Jacques Vallée proposed, even though he was sort of, he, can, he put out that theory kind of to counter the ETH. But I think that there's a version of the ETH, an automated ETH, 
that doing science, endless science on our species. It conforms to that. Right. It conforms very closely. That, that's a very interesting uh, kind of backdoor approach, uh, uh, analytical approach. I, I kind of, I, I absolutely see the, uh, you know, I see the relevance of that particular um, line of thinking. And it could very well be similar to uh, scientists in the natural world who are going out and tagging bears and, and tagging animals uh, sure. and, and monitoring behavior, uh, you know, unbeknownst to the animal. And for the most part, um, I think some people do kind of equate the abduction phenomenon into that particular possible scenario where you've got your, you know, pretty much your knee jerk, uh, David Jacobs, uh, Bob Hopkins ideas of hybridization of, of, of possibly fortifying the, the genetics of a dying race. I mean, you hear that one all the time, which sounds great in, in theory and, and it's kind of a, a cool sci-fi concept, but sure. I, I don't understand how their genetics could possibly have right. any any sort of uh, possibility of, of, of utilizing our genetics. Uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but but I think the likelihood is is pretty is, is that's kind of a long shot. Zero but, to one, yeah. But but getting back to your idea of, of of spreading out technology out into the universe and having self replicating. Uh, machines actually doing the heavy lifting out there as opposed to sending flesh and blood humans um, out to do this from these vast distances. How would you monitor something like that? Would you program it to be totally uh, uh, autonomous or, or would you try to have it be as interactive as possible? Or how, how do you envision that? Well, it depends on whether light speed is really how mu how much that continues to be a limitation. And you know, there's so much argument about whether light speed is an absolute speed limit or not. I think if uh, my assumption, I, I just go ahead and assume that it is going to be continue to be a uh, an absolute limitation in the universe. It seems it, it makes so much sense that it is to me, but that's just me. Um, in that case, then these probes are completely autonomous. They're artificially intelligent, uh, and they you know, they collect the data, they analyze the data, they, they're completely autonomous and they, you know, periodically send their reports back to the home world or they, or, or whatever. Uh, you know, maybe they interact with each other as a vast gal galaxy wide neural net. I don't know, but they're autonomous. Well, how about quantum entanglement? Do you think that there's the possibility of, of creating some sort of instantaneous, uh, sort of quantum uh, spooky action at a distance, I think uh, Einstein uh, referred to it, uh, where like particles, for instance, uh, respond immediately, uh, instantaneously, uh, much faster than the speed of light. Uh, do you think we could possibly utilize some sort of quantum entangled communication device or something? You know, I'm not a quantum physicist. I mean, that, I love those ideas. And yeah, yeah maybe. You know, I don't know. I mean, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And and if that's the case, then that makes it even more interesting the way uh, a civilization might interact with the universe via its technology. Its technology would become essentially extensions of itself. It would be right. like, you know, I, I really picture, you know, us with our little iPhone controlled drones, you know, you know, hovering over you know animals in the neighbor's backyard and, and delivering amazon products delivering, delivering amazon products well but you like, know it's going to change now because they'll be using an apple watch instead to make those <laughs> yeah. deliveries hey yeah. folks go to plus dot the powercast.com plus dot the powercast.com to check out after the powercast 
plus.powercast.com. As you see, we're not doing the conventional this week on the show. That's the credit to Eric Wargo. More to come with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Great minds think alike. The network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Hi, this is Larry Smith. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. Like when the jeweler ruined my ring and wouldn't do anything about it. But when my Legal Shield attorney called him and told him what my rights were, I received a check for over $2,100. Worry less and live more with lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com or call 855-340-SAVE. Again, 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, just imagine, there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercials. Just like the one you're listening to right now. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com. And an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Eric Wargo is talking about many things that maybe don't necessarily come to the fore here. So, it would be easier than you're suggesting, Eric, to use machines for space exploration, which I guess we're kind of doing more of. Anyway, we haven't sent people to Mars, but we've sent the probes out there. So you're thinking an advanced race wouldn't want to get involved in the large resource waste of sending intelligent beings when they can just send computers? Yeah, absolutely. As long as they don't look like uh, Arnold in The Terminator, I'd be okay with that. He'll be back. Right. Yeah, I do absolutely think that. And another reason I think that is it's not just resources, not just waste, it's not just the ability to do it. When you when you automate science, you know, and when you imagine the degree of 
of data gathering capacity. Imagine our existing robots, you know, our existing Curiosity rover, and then imagine his descendants, you know, in 200 years, how cool they're going to be and what they're going to be able to achieve, let alone a thousand years in the future. Yeah. You know, they, they can do, they'll be able to do everything and they'll, it'll be fantastic. And, but there's another, another argument for this. And I, and that is, uh, I think that with longevity, remember another part of this sort of, you know, leap that we're talking about has to do with human health and human longevity, whether, however it happens, whether it's with, you know, uploading our consciousness to computers, which I don't, I don't buy, but, you know, certainly our bodies are going to be machine augmented, uh, various advances in health, nanotechnology, all the advanced research being done now, this is going to greatly extend our lives. And although I don't agree with Kurzweil's uh, singularity idea completely, I do think he's right about some, one, a few things, which is that, that at a certain point, you, you sort of live long enough to bootstrap yourself to the next level of advancement. And, I, and where we are probably on the threshold of basically becoming immortal, an immortal species. Now, I think that... Well, I'm, I'm sure glad it's going to be coming after the lifespan of certain uh, politicians that well, do not deserve to have extended yeah. lifespans. <laughs> right. But I think... I can name names, too. <laughs> well, I can name a lot, too. I live in Washington, remember. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think the longer the lifespan, the more precious life becomes, not less. Think about it. Our ancestors, you know, they did not live long lives. I mean, life life was nasty, brutish, and short. They risked their lives on the perilous sea journeys and and all the all the adventures and misadventures of our historical past. Uh, but as life gets longer, your life becomes much more precious to you. You don't want to risk it on 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 some you know perilous journey across space. Uh, you don't want to risk your your precious long life on some, you know, perilous journey across space uh, to some, you know, miserable little colony on Mars. Uh, and also when your life, when lives get longer, the family goes away, really. I mean, people, longer lived people have fewer children. At least I think that's the sort of the, the tendency. And I think, you know, once when we become immortal, uh, whatever that means, whether you know means really long life or literally immortal, I don't know. But you know, a few centuries down the road, I, I you know we're not going to be having many children. There's not going to be this need to like spread out into the universe for. Well, you know, I, this is all. I mean, in theory, this all sounds great. But one one thing that comes up is um, uh, number one, this is going to obviously be uh, an expensive proposition. So only people that are well healed uh, that have the money to. Uh, in, engage in life extension, they're going to be a separate class of individual, I think, because I don't think this is going to be available for everybody. And if it is, it's going to create more problems with population uh, issues on the planet. The The more um, well-heeled you are as a person, um, l- let's say you, you're a woman living on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, you have a child. If you compare that to a child born in Bangladesh, it's about a thousand times the impact on the planet's resources on the environment, um, just simply because of, of, you know, the upscale lifestyle, um, it, it, it makes more demands upon, upon our resources. And so I, I, I think with less children at the top and less of a population at the top, that's actually going to be a good thing for the planet because you're going to be, uh, utilizing less and less resources. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, what you just mentioned is a huge, I think it's a hugely important issue. Uh, the, the sort of, the sort of social, uh, uh, what's the word, the disparities, the social disparities, uh, in the, that are completely, they're sort of swept under the rug by all the singularity people and, yeah. and all that. I mean, how, how are you going to equitably distribute things like immortality? I mean, you're not, in um, no way, but, but, the, but, but, even if you have a vast underclass of people who are living life basically the way we're living now uh, and having families and stuff like that, you know, you're not going to be, you know, putting the money into schlepping them off the planet, you know, moving them to some, you know, colony. I mean, that the, the, the expenditure in, uh, in fuel and all that to move a human body uh, into space is just extraordinary. So I don't, you know, that, that, that wealth, uh, problem is going to keep them on on the earth one way or another, and yeah, if the if the very rich and unfortunately I kind of agree with you, I think I'm, I'm worried that it's the very rich who are really going to reap the benefits uh, coming in the next few centuries. And you know, okay, they may move somewhere else or whatever, but I, I again, it, it just goes back to the basic assumption I'm making, which is that we're not going to be colonizing the universe. We're not going to be spreading out. Mm-hmm. You know, well, the Elysium, that movie that was out last year with uh, Matt Damon and Jodie Foster, I, I thought, even though it was a little bit far-fetched, I thought the whole idea, the concept of the movie of the separation of classes uh, mm-hmm. really had some relevance uh, in, in terms of looking forward. Uh, it, 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 there seems to be trends going on now, in, at least in the Western world, where where you do have that eggshell 1% class that uh, yeah. is, is going to be, you know, obviously um, – the first ones to utilize any sort of exalted life extension technology, let's say. I mean, look at Dick Cheney. I mean, the guy, for someone that never had a heart, to finally get one uh, in his <laughs> 70s, uh, and, and now he's going to be around even that much longer. I mean, that that's frightening to me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, this gets to a whole thing here, that future humans will be immortal machines. Is that where it's taking us? I I, I think future humans are going to be immortal cyborgs. I mean, I think you're not going to get rid of the organic. There's got to be something organic to it. I I really think that, and and even a lot of people in AI now think that, you know, the future of computing is, is biological. Right. You know, so you're talking about like from Star Star Trek, like the Borg, something that's yeah, something yeah, you know, some, but something more glamorous than that. I don't think it's going to be you know they're they're pretty ugly, uh, miserable beings. I, I think it's uh, you know I don't know. I think that 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 I'm not sure what the technology is going to look like. I mean, it could be very nanotech, you know, nanotech uh, type stuff. That so so what little little nanotech. Uh, like doctors oh, running around repairing organs and, repairing and organs and making us, you know, eternally graceful and beautiful and immune to all diseases and whatnot. My vision of the future, honestly, is is the elven races in Tolkien's books. I think that that's right. I think we okay. should be reading Tolkien as science fiction, mm-hmm. not as not as fantasy, because I think that's the most realistic, honestly, model for uh, a far future civilization. Is is beings, you know, living long lives in you know very protected, uh, comfortable enclaves, and sort of letting all the mortal, uh, dispens- dispendable 
mortal races sort of do all the the dirty work of yeah the heavy lifting going on adventures and fighting and <laughs> and whatnot. In our case, yeah. it may be just our machines doing that. But I don't. If, if, they, look, if they look like Evangeline Lilly or Liv Tyler boys, I'm there. <laughs> yeah, I don't have no complaints, I'm there, baby. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, okay, but let's look at this in more detail here. So we are cyborgs, or at least the privileged few are cyborgs. And there would be no desire of these cyborgs to say, you know, I'd love to go to another star system. Let's see if we can invent warp drive. A lot of questions to come with our guest this week, Eric Wargo, and we'll get more deep and dirty into realities. And we haven't scratched the surface with Gene and with Chris. You're in the Paracast. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Hi, John Hubner from Midas Resources. Are you tired of watching your hard-earned assets dwindle away? As government spending is out of hand and the Federal Reserve is creating in excess of $20 billion a week, are you tired of stockbrokers gambling away your hard-earned money? Is this market a setup for a crash greater than 1987? Too many of today's policies resemble those that led to the collapse of 1929. This is John Hubner, and that was me in 2007. And we all know what happened when the subprime credit bubble burst. By March 2009, the dollar lost 50% of its value. The entire U.S. banking system was on the verge of collapsing. Like all financial problems of the past, is history about to repeat itself? Call me, John Hubner, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 129, before it's too late to protect yourself. Will the oncoming catastrophe take all private IRAs, 401ks with it? There is a way to protect your hard-earned assets. Call me, John Hubner, at 1-800-686. 2237 extension 129. Heart and Body Extract continues to receive positive testimonials from people who have experienced amazing results, like Reed. I just wanted to send you a quick but a very big thank you for Heart and Body Extract. I've been on the formula for nearly a month now, and the improvement in the circulation of my legs has been simply amazing. Reed was facing a tough choice. I was facing surgery due to the severity of the 100% blocked arteries in both my legs. And my decision, waiting for surgery to say no and try heart and body extract instead, has been thankfully the right decision. And the result? I can now walk up steps without noticeable pain. Order heart and body extract at 866-295-5305. 866-295-5305. Or hbextract.com. Heart and body extract for a long and healthy life. 
Did you know that drinking pure, high alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining high energy and vibrant health? Most experts agree that the water you drink should be at a pH level of 8 or higher. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops, available only at AlkaVision.com, combine a unique formula of only the most alkaline minerals. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops alkalize your water, ridding the body of harmful toxins, and helps you regain health and energy. Alkalizing your water by simply adding 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps Helps the body rid itself of acidic waste, increases oxygen content, and raises the pH of your body to healthy levels. And bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Okay, so we are cyborgs, okay? Living tissue with enhancements to keep us alive forever. So Eric Wargo, why wouldn't they want to travel to the stars? Because it would be boring. I mean, It's easy how, for you to say. They, they, I mean, you're sitting in the same freaking little ship or big ship or whatever. And I mean, just look at, uh, you know, poor Dave Bowman in 2001. Or, I mean, uh, or what was that? Um, what was that great um, movie with Bruce Dern? He's the gardener. Silent Running. I love Silent it. Running. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would get sick of of watching the same movies, playing the same people in chess, uh, reading the same books. It, it would just, oh, I, I, I would go nuts. You don't believe, therefore, in a city in space. But then, what if we find a way to perfect a warp drive so we can get to another star system in a few days rather than 25 years or something? Wouldn't it still make sense? <laughs> yeah, that that would be different, of course. But but you know, again, we're talking about what did uh, Michio Kaku say? I think a class, a class three uh, civilization that would be able to to harness the energy of complete stars in order to fold space and, and come up with the immense amounts of energy it would take to uh, you know to fold space uh, to you know to create that kind of jump off point. Uh, I mean, the the technological uh, hurdles and the development curve on that is is really immense obviously we've come a long way just in the last 60 years but you know now you're dealing with uh with tremendous amounts of expenditures uh, to do this and we're having a, a hard enough time just you know just paying uh social security i mean trying to keep uh you know people healthy and keep just basic uh, uh human services going here on this planet uh the amount of money it would take to you know, we'd have to totally revamp valuation, how how work is valued, you know, how things are funded. I think we're headed towards uh, some real changes, I think, uh, in, in mindset and in worth. I mean, we're still dealing with primitive thousands and thousands of year old um, outmoded ideas of, of, of worth and, and wealth and what those things constitute. We've got to have a complete sea change when it comes to thinking about these things. What do you think, Eric? I mean, are, don't you think that much of our culture is religions, organized religions, uh, ideas of money and, and, and these things? You, do you feel that they're a little bit outmoded and we need 
need to maybe kind of redefine all these things in a different way or? I, well, obviously, I think everything needs to be redefined. Yeah, I mean, I, absolutely. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, I think what I'm presuming my model is uh, is a post-scarcity society. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that all the advancements I'm talking about, and I'm not sure the time frame, you know, I'm saying, well, it could happen next century or two centuries, whatever. It doesn't really matter. You know, some window of time in the next millennium, you know, we're going to be at a point, hopefully, uh, where there's a kind of post-scarcity situation. And that's going to that's gonna redefine all these things uh, that you're talking about. And, but among these developments, and Gene, you're asking about, well, why wouldn't we want to go out into space? Well, another reason besides the boredom prospect even if we develop a warp drive, we're not going to be going places. I mean, the, we already we are inhabiting the world virtually, and that's going to just be increasingly true. And these drones I'm talking about, they're going to be literally our eyes and ears and our hands and feet. We're going to be, you know, interacting with the world remotely. Now, we're talking about the distributed self. Uh, some philosophers who like to talk about technology, you know, talk about the distributed self or, you know, we're going to become these kind of distributed creatures. You know, the, the, so the whole, the notion of what our body does, what our body, it doesn't really matter. I don't need to go to Mars. If I can go to Mars completely through my neural implants and inhabit an artificial form on Mars and walk around on Mars and do all the things I would want to do on Mars and kind of like total recall. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Or an avatar or whatever you want to call it. Now Um, I remember a science fiction novel I read once, which certainly illustrated this concept and I can't remember the author where when someone travels through space, they download their consciousness to this machine mm -hmm. that takes the trip, but they of course experience the entire trip. Yeah. I think, you know, I I think I know the novel you're talking about. I'm trying to think of the, the title, but yeah, anyway. Yeah. Right. Sure. I'm just looking at my bookcase right now because I know I've... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But the point being here is even then, if what goes to another planet is our avatar, we're using virtual reality, we still experience it as a reality. But at the other end, does that mean that the so-called UFO knots that we see, when we see them, are they real creatures being cyborgs or avatars or what? What are they? I, you know, I, I can't answer that. I mean, could they could be holograms? They could be they could sure they could be artificial avatars that were three D printed and you know either autonomous, you know, artificially intelligent or being puppeteered by some distant intelligence. You know, who knows? I mean, this is this all. There you start getting into. There's no way to say because we don't. Again, it depends partly on whether the speed of light is or is going to be in a fixed speed limit or not, you know, because if it is, then it's, they've got to be remote, artificially intelligent. You yeah, know, or it all could be computer simulation. It could be some 14 year old, you know, character generation. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I was thinking about this when we had this message in our forum suggesting that when we see things making incredible maneuvers in our skies, UFOs, they are really cursors from somebody's <laughs> personal computer dancing around. I love that idea. I mean, I love Matt Tony's years ago, you know, wrote that they, that they were laser pointers. And it's like, God, that, that was, that's just a, a brilliant, I think, analogy, you know, they're, yeah. 
this it's projected from somewhere. Well, you know, getting into the whole idea of, uh, you know, the holographic universe. Uh, one of my favorite books of all time in the science realm is Michael Talbot's The Holographic uh, Universe. Uh, just highly recommend that book. I mean, I think as we progress in our understanding of reality and, you know, in my limited sort of non-scientist, uh, scientific sort of brain, uh, my primitive brain here, I, it's just even the little bit that I know uh, is very exciting when you start talking about implicate order and the possibility that within the each component of the whole, there is there is that image of the whole, like, like breaking a hologram and having the entire image in the pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, degraded, you know, images, um, not quite the resolution of, of the entire uh, image, but still it's contained in there. And, and that whole idea has always fascinated me. Where do you come down on this whole idea that we're living in some sort of holographic projection, possibly, or some sort of, I don't know, there's some sort of implicate order that's inherent in the entire in the entire shooting match here. Uh, have you done much uh, work in that realm in terms of your thinking? <laughs> I, you know, I've thought about it like we all have, and these ideas sound great. And I don't, you know, sure. Yeah. Why not? I just, I don't know how to evaluate them. I mean, I don't have, you know, I don't, I don't have a background in physics. I mean, I love the ideas. I love these, um, these ideas as thought experiments and whatnot, but I just, I have not seen evidence that anyone really has figured out the basic structure of reality and, uh, and it seems like it would be nice to figure like out what consciousness is first. <laughs> right. Well, right. Of course, this is a whole, yes, this is a whole other topic, just figuring out, uh, what we mean by consciousness. Well, we uh, have to stay conscious for a few more moments with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paragast. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk. For every political persuasion, we are GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturing. If you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100.
600-foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light system today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. Positive results from satisfied customers of Heart and Body Extract continue to pour into our website, hbextract.com. This is Al from New Jersey. One day I saw your ad for Heart and Body Extract, and it mentioned that it would help me with angina, so I decided to order. I figure I had nothing to lose. Heart and Body Extract supplies your body with everything it needs to balance itself and maintain optimal heart and circulatory health with no negative side effects. I took the formula three times a day as directed, and I kid you not, within four days, my angina pain was completely gone. Order HB Extract by calling 866-295-5305 or online at hbextract.com. That's 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com. I could not believe it actually stopped the pain. Heart and Body Extract actually works. This is just an amazing product. Even the numbness in my hands is completely gone. Heart and Body Extract for a long and healthy life. Hello, this is John Burroughs, one of the witnesses to the Rendlesham UFO incident. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Oh, consciousness. What a concept. We could even talk about that. We have Eric Wargo taking us on a trip where no one has gone before. (laughs) Well, maybe some people. We don't know. But, you know, we get into so many different aspects of what we interpret as reality. So now we're speculating on physical phenomena. That if UFOs are not creatures, they're cyborgs, they're holograms, avatars, whatever. But what about our entire concept of reality? And that is something which I just said crazily the other day, that as we learn new things about our universe, the reality comports itself to fit into that image. Mm-hmm. That is a fascinating idea. And I'm, yeah, I read something, this was a few months ago, and I, I, I kind of wrote about it on my blog too. And it was sort of a new interpretation of quantum you know, physics, which, of course, there's the, the idea that, you know, we affect what we observe, and thus the observer has an impact on, on the observed phenomenon. Well, it was saying that, well, by extension, we are responsible for creating the universe. It's our observation that has sort of expanded the universe and 
and given rise to the, the detail of things, essentially. And I just, I think this is a, that's a fascinating idea. Um, what do you do with it? I, I don't know. Uh, how does this explain, you know, these phenomena that we're interested in and we're talking about today? I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's a, I, it's a great idea. It's a fascinating idea. I think there's got to be something to it, whether it's, there's something to it on more than just the subatomic level or we're actually affecting our material macro scale reality as we, you know, sit in our rooms and observe. I don't know. It certainly goes to questions of ESP and psychokinesis and, and whatnot. I mean, there's a lot of laboratory evidence that we can affect our reality by thinking about it in certain ways. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this may be a mechanism. Maybe this may be how that works. That gets into the subject of uh, this wonderful blog uh, posting that you have called Coincidence, Chaos, and Archetypes in Our Science Fictional World. This is, a good, I think, a good point to really start discussing some of these concepts. Um, for instance, I think I pointed out in my email to you that um, uh, Dean Radin, for instance, uh, who is, I think, a real unsung hero in parapsychology, I do too. Uh, has demonstrated some amazing things that, that the mainstream scientific community still is unwilling and uh, has blinders on, is unwilling to admit that there are certain um, absolutely mind-blowing things about um, human reality that just don't conform to, to your basic uh, conventional conservative scientific view. For instance, his whole idea of the, the body um, actually, and this has been proven in the lab, the body responds to events before they actually happen. And, and this is a mind-blowing, if, if you really think about the implications of that, it really kind of throws your whole idea of causality and uh, the whole idea of linear time almost goes out the window because how can the human body react to something that in linear time has yet to have occurred? And the implications of that are, are quite profound. And you point out in your uh, wonderful article here uh, several uh, <laughs> several really interesting ideas that that really call into question uh, some of the the real cornerstones of of thinking about how our reality is set up. And um, I love the part uh, Jung and Plato must die <laughs> that, that Psy may live. Well, they already did. So there you go. <laughs> well, Jung and Plato I as concepts is as uh, cornerstones of our, of our thinking. Why don't you go through uh, and give uh, the folks that haven't had a chance to read your blog post, give us a thumbnail um, sketch of some of your ideas here about synchronicity and, and other things and, and uh, catch uh, some of our listeners up to speed here. Okay. I'll try. Yeah. I, well, I totally agree with you. The, I think the findings of Dean Radin and a few other people, um, but I think, you know, he's kind of the main guy who's done this amazing research showing that future events can cause, you know, events can cause physiological reactions in the past. Okay. That, that alone is mind blowing. Beyond that, you know, there's so much since the first days of psychical research, th uh, there's been a lot of stuff on different forms of precognition, uh, knowing the future, precognitive dreaming. This is a big thing for me. I'm really into precognitive dreams. And honestly, of all the different fields of, of psi research, this is the most compelling to me, even though it seems like the most impossible. And I think that a lot of people argue that even 
fun, you know, things like clairvoyance and remote viewing and whatnot, that these are actually manifestations of precognition, that you're not like seeing an event at a distance. You're somehow picking up on your own learning of that event in the future in a, at a, at a, in a sort of a scene of confirmation or feedback. Feedback is, is incredibly important for remote viewing. Let's and kind of make- clarify this so it doesn't get confusing. Yeah. So you see something that happens a year from now, but because of the way time works, you've already experienced that. You already know about it. It's just tapping into that information. No, well, what I'm talking about right just right now is is the idea of seeing an event at a distance, not not in the future necessarily. I'm saying that maybe what's happening in remote viewing, for instance, is instead of you're like you're looking into across space, you're not looking across space and seeing something happening across the planet. Instead, you are actually seeing your own future moment of seeing a confirmation of what you were trying to look at. So maybe you see it on TV 10 years from now or in in your online publication. I don't know if there'll be newspapers then, but you read about it. You read about an event and then 10 years back, you tap into that memory. Yes, exactly. And this is, and this is honestly, I, I am incredibly convinced of this, not only from the, the, all the literature I've read on it, but in my own life, I have, I've always been really interested in my own dreams, and I've just always been very interested in the psychology of dreaming. Uh, and so I record my dreams. And, uh, and when I read finally, and I've always interpreted dreaming as the, sort of the encoding of memor- past memories. People, psychologists tend to assume that the dreaming is somehow connected to memory. Uh, I think that it's the, the actual transforming of your recent memories into long-term memory uh, by a process of sort of of taking and symbolizing recent events and linking them to past to to your long-term memories so you can create associations uh, in your brain but when you but so I've never looked at my dreams in terms of what was happening in the next few days as opposed to in the previous few days but when I started doing this uh, I was frankly stunned and I continue to be stunned. And I really highly recommend anyone who is at all interested in this subject to get a hold of a, a great book that was written in 1927. It's called An Experiment with Time by a guy named J.W. Dunn. And this is a sort of a classic text in, in psi research, but he wasn't a, a scientist. I, don't, I forget what he was. But uh, anyway, he just started noticing that that you know, if he actually paid attention to his dreams and to events that happened subsequently, uh, you can detect a certain amount of precognitive material that's pretty unmistakable. And, you know, he is absolutely, absolutely right. And if you actually, and he wasn't even coming at it from like a psychoanalytic point of view, like or a Freudian point of view. So he wasn't even looking at the symbolism of his dreams. But when you actually pay attention to the symbolic distortions in your dreams and the way dreams sort of take something that happened to you and turn it into this bizarre scenario, even more precognitive material uh, emerges. And sometimes it's, it's, it's frankly stunning. On the other, now that said, it's also completely useless. I find I mean, it's nothing. You don't realize that it was precognitive until after the event happens. It's not right. anything like you dream, have this weird dream. And it's like, well, it's like, okay, that is just bizarre. I have no idea what it refers to. And then something happens that day that is like, oh my God. I mean, this, I, that's what that dream was about. 
Let's dream about this, folks, and then we'll get back to more of this discussion with Gene and Chris and Eric Argo. You're in the Paracast. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TechNightOwl for a special discount. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. Hi, my name is DeRay. Suffering from migraines, having Botox injections in my head and neck to alleviate pain, costing $1,500 out of my pocket. I discovered Dr. Ortman and Gentle Touch Chiropractic Adjustment called Nuka. I'm migraine-free since my first adjustment. Thanks for giving me my life back, Dr. Ortman. I wish they prescribed you instead of Botox. Thanks, DeRay. Putting the bones back in place is only half of the solution. We design a nutritional supplement program the body can handle, actually absorb, providing nutrients, targeting the problem area, 
Between Nuka and Nutrition, we will have you on the road to a faster and more permanent recovery. Look us up on the web at drwartman.com or call 952-303-9124. Let us help you feel better faster. Wellspring Spinal Care at 952-303-9124. Again, that's 952-303-9124 or on the web at drortman.com. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Alien Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Eric Wargo, cutting-edge thinker, anthropologist, with us, and we're exploring precognition. So we remember or tap into something that's going to happen, I guess, to us or we'll be aware of in the future. But we yeah. can't we can't refine that. We have no control over that, do we? Well, some people probably do. I mean, I think that it probably depends on your innate psi abilities. Maybe it's something that can be trained. I mean, this is a this is a debate. Um, you know, uh, some you know, certainly some people are able seem to be able to make psi uh, and precognition work for them. But you know, I, I don't think that's going to happen in my life. I, I'm, I'm not a prophet and I'm not, you know, I don't have amazing psi abilities. In fact, a lot of this, a lot of my own sort of personal discovery of how this works came out of my attempts at remote viewing. And I think when you get into this stuff, you inevitably buy the books by uh, Joe McMonagall and stuff on how to do it, you know, and you sort of try your hand at remote viewing. And, uh, you know, in my case, I, I have my wife print out pictures from the internet when she's at work and put them in envelopes. And then I try to see what's in the envelopes. And when I started doing this, what I started doing was having her do this and try to remote view what was in the envelopes before I went to bed at night, but then not look uh, at what was in the envelope until the next morning to see if I maybe dreamed about it. Well, my remote, my attempts to actually remote view what's in the envelope consciously, I mean, I meditate, I go into this, you know, try to go into a trance and everything, do everything I'm supposed to do. It's like, no, no. I mean, my, my, my impressions are so wildly different from what's in the envelope that I'm just, I'm completely hopeless when it comes to remote viewing. But my dreams pick up on, on these things. Uh, and it's, again, it's, it's, it's kind of stunning when you yeah, start. That's a cool approach. I've never heard of somebody uh, doing that. I, I like that. It has kind of a ring to it. Yeah, it's 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 very cool. I'm having a lot of fun doing this. And like I said, if you're at all interested in this stuff, this this book, Experiment with Time, is really it's a, it was an eye opener, especially for me since I'd always been interested in dreams, but I'd never bothered to actually look at my my re- recorded dreams in the subsequent day or two. Go back, you know, at the end of the day, read your the description you wrote down in your dream, and then think about what happened during that day. So rather than reflecting the past of what you've experienced, some dreams represent the future. Yes. But we're saying here basically that what we regard as time is something that is only artificially perceived as linear? Who knows? Yes. I mean, we time is not what we think it is. But but what well, is the... Well, there's a cultural bias there too as yeah. well. I mean, if you, if you look at the Pueblo uh, Indian tradition, for instance, the Hopi, there is no past and, and future. Everything is in an eternal now. And, and, and so it, there is a certain cultural almost mindset uh, in terms of how we define our terms and how that definition is reflected in our reality view. 
yeah, that could be really important. The cultural, exactly, the cultural, all your cultural beliefs about time and the, and the way language works in relation to time. I mean, time, some people argue that time is purely a function of language. That, that is an argument that is, that is made, but that still raises the question of what is, what's the reality there? You know, why do we, time seems to affect physical sim- systems, you know, even when we're not observing it. So what's going on? You know, what is the nature of this thing? I, uh, I don't know. I mean, there are, two, there are two ways I think about it. And I think in my, you know, I've been exploring this uh, in these articles over the past couple of months uh, and trying to get my handle on it. And I guess I've come up with sort of two metaphors for thinking of it. One is the sort of non-locality model that we're really living in an eternal now and, that it, and thus we theoretically, we have access to all information uh, from where we're sitting right here, right now. Uh, and time doesn't matter, space doesn't matter, whatever. The other model that I've found compelling, and I admit that it may just be a metaphor, but it's a metaphor that I kind of take to, is, the, is this notion that maybe what we're picking up on is strong emotions and that somehow strong emotions have a kind of timeless, non-local quality that, are, that is able particularly to, to work as a carrier signal almost for future information. This, one of the old, this, this is a, an old idea in psychical research. It goes back to Frederick Myers in the 19th century, was that, that trauma is the carrier of, of psychic phenomena, where you're talking about telepathy, talking about visita- you know, uh, apparitions of loved ones who've died on a battlefield or whatever, or, uh, or precognitive phenomena. Uh, this is an idea that goes through a lot of psychic research that trauma or strong emotions. Well, in haunting sites too. Uh, haunting, sure. And poltergeist phenomena, these are basically strong emotions that are being externalized. That's a sort of a common theme. And uh, so I'm, I am sort of, part of me thinks that it's, that we are really tapping into future strong reactions to events. So it's not like we're just seeing the, any, anything that happens in the future. I'm not just seeing, you know, what I'm going to have for breakfast tomorrow. That doesn't matter. And that's not going to resonate backwards in time. It's not going to send out ripples in, in time, but events that, that have a strong emotional component to them, uh, especially if there's sort of a strong conflicting emotional component where there's something kind of exciting and at the same time, kind of painful or scary or traumatizing. Uh, these things seem to seem to be what people pick up on. And they're definitely what I'm picking up on in my precognitive sort of dream, you know, dreams that, that have some sort of precognitive content. That's what I'm picking up on. It's what I'm picking up on in synchronicities. And what I think is happening with, with, with most synchronicities is that a... Uh, is that future strong emotion is is resonating with an event in the present, and this is creating these what I call in this article sort of time sort of feedback loops um, because because we react to something that's we don't realize it's from the future we think we're reacting to something in the present, and it sort of guides us and directs us and then it directs us towards the event that we were actually responding to. And, and so that event actually has an amplified impact on us, more of, a, more of an impact than it would have otherwise. And thus, that, and that impact, that amplified impact, thus 
affects us more in that past moment when we were first picking up on it. You see, so it's like a, a, a circular feedback loop type thing. I'm literally like, you know, pushing a, a speaker too close to a microphone and, and it immediately starts to squeal. Uh, that I'm thinking the size signal squeals. <laughs> that's a good that's, analogy, actually. And that's what a synchronicity is. Yeah. Um, and that the symbolic dimension of it, you know, for Jung, Jung is very, he's very unclear about what he really means. If you read that book, it's just like, what the hell? I mean, it's, it's, it's very hard to understand uh, where he's going. And I don't think he's really very clear, but he's sort of trying to, trying to fit it into his model, his sort of pet theory of archetypes as a collective unconscious and almost kind of makes it as if these archetypes are or- orchestrating these, these uncanny coincidences um, as if they have, as if symbols somehow by themselves have a power to stage manage our lives. And I think that you don't need to assume, I think that if you just take this one, one sort of well-established finding in parapsychology, which is that somehow information does travel backwards in time and affect us, that that's all you need, uh, because by this logic that I'm, that I'm proposing, uh, I think that even people who accept that information can travel backwards in time, even parapsychologists, even people like Dean Radin, you know, they, they can be on the one hand, they can be on board with this idea basically, but they tend not to then think about the implications of that. And I think science fiction is what tells us what the implications of that are. I mean, there are countless time travel stories in science fiction that tell us about all the things that can happen when something travels backward in time. Uh, and there's all the, you know, the different ways that, that, that contradictions can be created, the grandfather paradox. The grandfather paradox, but, yeah. but there's also possibilities where things can be sort of doubled and repeated and, and amplified. I'm saying that there's really kind of two basic paths for this information that travels backwards in time. I'd say the bulk of it gets negated and gets lost because, you know, I, I, I think the universe is open-ended, like I said at the beginning of, of our interview. I, I don't think it's etched in stone. And I think our conscious, our freely willed actions make negate most of that information we're receiving from the future, you know, because we've taken a different course of action. Uh, we've done something that's rendered that information null. We wouldn't even know it was information. It just becomes noise. But I think occasionally it's going to have the opposite, take the opposite path, and it's going to lead to a coincidence. And I'll I- tell you what, let's do our break here. We're going to yeah. continue to talk about a reality that sounds to me like clay, that can be molded. If you know well, what you're doing, or thing too. yeah, let's get into that in our next segment with Eric Wargo and Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. A little right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Attention, do you owe money to the IRS or have years of unfiled returns? Are you being audited or receiving threatening letters? If the answer is yes, you need help. The IRS can seize your property and assets, impose fines and penalties, garnish your wages, and even go after your bank account. Don't take on the IRS by yourself. Don't let the IRS destroy your life. Take action now. Call our team of experts for a free and confidential initial evaluation. We've helped thousands resolve their tax problems. Let us help you. 800-261-7073. 800-261-7073. We the 
people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document? Worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average over 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Eric Wargo is joining us on the Paracast. Let me say, first of all, that we have another radio show we want you to listen to called After the Paracast. It's 20, 30 minutes of color commentary, continuations of these episodes, and a lot more to find out how to get on the list to download After the Paracast. You have to join our subscription service to get a copy, plus.theparacast.com, P-L-U-S.theparacast.com. You also get the ad-free version of this show and more to come. And if you subscribe for one year or five years, you get a free copy of Stalking the Tricksters from Chris O'Brien. Very apt in light of our discussion. Plus.thepowercast.com. Eric Wargo is with us, and we're trying to figure out what's happening here. Now, if time is really an illusion, everything is happening in the now, and we just had to perceive it, maybe we perceive it artificially. What about the concept of aging? We get older gradually. Yeah. You know, I look at I look at the mirror today and that guy, he's an old guy. <laughs> you desperately want that not to be true, don't you? So do I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think when you hit about 40, you start worrying about that. Well, like that's this guy, this is an example of the all the physical processes I mentioned, which yes, they have a direction. And if time is an illusion, why do these physical processes occur in one direction? And there, yeah, there's there's where I'm stumped. Second law of thermodynamics, my friend. That's exactly right, <laughs> right, right. Second law of thermodynamics. Okay, yeah. What do you do with that? I don't. Yeah, yeah. entropy. You know the sound, the smell of things falling apart. Yeah, yeah. Well, well getting back to your idea of of this this idea of only certain um, future events stick in the present um, because of of free will and choice, and some of them are rendered moot. The many worlds uh, theory suggests that every action that we take spins off a a separate reality and there could be 
quadrillions of, of permutations of other selves actually acting out scenarios that uh, spin off scenarios that spin off scenarios that spin off scenarios. And, you know, when you get into that whole uh, very sci-fi sounding realm, uh, you know, there is some science to back, back this up. Um, particle physics has suggested that, that we may actually be dealing with, with multiple realities that are spinning off constantly. Um, let's say that there's a possibility of that being real. Possibly what we're seeing in the future events that stick in the present is where uh, many of these realities uh, converge possibly where important convergence points maybe uh, create enough of a enough of a presence in the space-time continuum if you will uh, to to then kick back and uh, I- impact us in the, in the present mm-hmm. the way i've always sort of interpreted the many worlds interpretation is that it, to me i have sort of a mental model of like almost a vine of grapes and that each sort of yeah each action spins off a new universe but that those universes are are separate from each other they're like it's like almost uh, uh i don't know that they don't interact i think that that is a way at least for physicists to sort of grapple with these issues and not have to worry about the kinds of problems that we're trying to address right here, you know, the paranormal and and stuff. Um, To me, it's kind of like a prophylactic model of, of, of multiple universes where they're okay. Each action spins off, you know, a bubble universe and it, but it doesn't, we can't then go back and interact with the other universe. Mm -hmm. I'm suggesting that that's not a good way to think about it, that, that, that we should think about the future and the past and time as this, kind of constantly shifting mush of different sort of overlapping possibilities. And then maybe what we're perceiving as the, the march of history and time is kind of the statistically most likely, you know, path or something. And that our, maybe our, our, our cortex is somehow forcing us to pick one reality over all the multiple possibilities and thus we only see that one reality. I don't, or I don't know something, something like that. But I guess what I'm suggesting is that these different possibilities coexisting. And I guess that's maybe kind of what you're getting out there at the, at the end of what you said, that it's like they, these multiple universes are overlapping and coexisting somehow. I mean, I guess the, I always sort of go back to the, the way that Frank Herbert used to sort of describe it in his Dune books, right. um, you know, where, where the, the future is this kind of shifting, kind of landscape it's like a landscape but it can shift and like there's a different possible futures and our actions sort of can intervene in those futures this is again goes back to why i don't like to think of the universe as this big glass football you know that's already etched in stone and that we're sort of just you know sort of scrubbing through it almost like on a video editing timeline where we're just sort of seeing you know seeing this this one objective March of history. I think that it's, uh, I think reality is very multiple and overlap. Yeah, it's infinitely more complex than right. that. Right. Right. So I think you're right. So, I, mean, I think I would be fine with this multiple worlds interpretation as long as these multiple worlds are interacting with each other or not. They're, they're not just bubbled off. Well, that, that's what I was suggesting. And yeah. those points yeah. of interaction maybe could be those, those points that then kick back to the present because they have enough, uh, they have I enough. I see what presence. you're saying. Okay. So it's like they interact at certain like key points Right. Uh, yeah. Okay. And sure. trauma, trauma would be a good example. Sure. Of, 
of, of, of an interacting point that would have a lot of um, inertia behind it, if oh, you will. That's an interesting idea. That's an interesting idea. But um, getting into this whole idea now of, of Jung, I, I want to mention this before we get too far down the road here, and the whole idea of, of archetypes and and the collective unconscious. Uh, where do you come down in the collective unconscious? I've always felt th- that there was some sort of of something resonated about that with me uh, always. And but what you're kind of suggesting is almost uh, is is really downplaying that potential um, aspect of, of human existence, that, that, that we, we may be more autonomous and, and more separate um, than that, based on the kind of model that you're suggesting. Um, how does the collective unconscious sort of, you know, how, how is that in, uh, implied in, in this particular scenario, or is it? Well, it's not really. I, I come at it, I'm coming at it as an anthropologist. And for cultural anthropology, you know, symbols you know, are, are hugely important in our lives. I mean, we're, uh, we're symbolic creatures, but we're also, compl- I think, infinitely flexible creatures. And while the idea of these archetypes of the collective unconscious, these sort of mega symbols that, that we're just born with and that sort of, they're just universal. I, I don't, I can't get with that idea. I think that, that, the dominant symbols in a person's life have to be very personal symbols. Now they may take an archetypal form. I mean, you know, you're the most powerful symbols in your life may be very, very similar to the most powerful symbols in the lives of people from your community and your culture. I mean, that's very, very possible. So yeah, a lot of the symbolism, in your dreams and the symbolism, the, the symbol, the deep symbolic structures that motivate you uh, and that give your life meaning and structure. Yeah. They, they may, be very similar to those of, of other people in your community and your culture and your family, whatnot. But I think that it's possible for a person's symbolism to be very unique and very idiosyncratic. And I think that frankly, the most powerful symbols in our lives are very, very idiosyncratic, very personal kinds of things based on, you know, our early life experience for the most part. And you know, I mean, the idea of archetypes, it's a nice idea. I don't, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. I think it's, I just think Jung oversold it. I mean, like he, like a lot of geniuses, he took his pet idea and he wanted to make it apply to everything. And I think that's normal. That's, that's fine. I mean, every genius does that. Um, oh, great. I, I wrote a whole book on the trickster archetype and now you're saying that it's, uh, well, you know, maybe. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I'm a big believer in the trickster. I just don't know. I, I think, no, I mean, I, yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, on some level, archetypes are, are yeah, we can talk about archetypes. I just don't know that they have the kind of, I'm not sure that they're, they interact with the world in the way that Jung wanted to make them interact with the world, particularly in his book on synchronicity. I think, right. I think that's where it kind of, breaks down somehow because there's yes, a, he overstepped I, he overstepped his i think uh, he overstepped and i think he just got things backwards i think that he was trying to sort of make the archetype which is his pet theory make it sort of be the driver of these events right okay let's drive this yeah with gene and chris you're in <laughs> you're good <laughs> the paracast Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. 
Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Have you ever felt like the United States government knows way too much about your financial affairs? I continue to hear stories about property seizures, frozen bank accounts, confiscation of stocks and bonds. It makes me wonder if the U.S. citizen will ever again have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Unfortunately, with the Drug and Money Laundering Act, the IRS Revenue Ruling 6045 of 1984, and the Trading with the Enemy Act and Franklin D. Roosevelt's Executive Order of 1933, some precious metal holdings are subject to government intervention. For this reason, Midas Resources has prepared a report explaining the boundaries of trading precious metals privately. Whether if you have any intention of trading with Midas Resources or not, I have instructed my representatives to give this report out free. Call for your free copy at 1-800-686-2237. When investing, always proceed with caution. Again, call 1-800-686-2237. Exercise your legal right to trade metals privately. 1-800-686-2237. There's a man named Dr. Joel Wallach who is anything but your typical doctor, both a veterinarian and naturopathic physician. Doc asks, why does the United States spend more money on health care by far and still rank 50th in health and longevity worldwide? He believes that people should empower themselves with a basic understanding of nutrition, take charge of their health, and attain optimal health and longevity through nutrition, not by toxic prescription drugs that lead to side effects and more toxic prescription drugs. Doc Wallach's message is resonating with an increasing number of Americans who are waking up to all the big government, big pharma, and big insurance manipulation of our healthcare system. I'm George Dory, and I like what Doc Wallach is saying and doing to enlighten people about health care. Visit criticalhealthnews.com and listen to Dr. Wallach's Deadly Recipes Lecture. It makes a lot of sense, and I urge you to join our Critical Health News team. Go to criticalhealthnews.com. That's criticalhealthnews.com. If you constantly feel run down and tired, your pH level might be low and your body could be full of toxins. If what you drink is not at a pH level of 8 or higher, you are inviting bacteria and acid to thrive in your body. But there is something you can do. Simply add 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops to your water to help your body rid itself of acidic waste, increase oxygen, and raise your pH balance to optimum levels. AlkaVision Plasma pH drops combine a unique formula of the most alkaline minerals in the world. Alkalizing the water you drink, ridding your body of acidic waste and toxins, and helping you regain energy and vibrant health. And studies show viruses, bacteria, and toxins cannot survive in an alkaline, high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. 
That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. All right, we're driving ourselves crazy here trying to say. judge reality nuts, with dude. Eric Wargo. And this is getting to be one of the most fascinating episodes because the mind is the limit, not the sky's the limit. The mind is the limit. Now, what I understood about Carl Jung early on when he wrote his book about UFOs is that we all created collectively the reality of UFOs. I don't think he completely said that. I mean, yeah. he, no, he, he said he it was, represented a mandala of completion within the collective. Well, it's the way it was understood and taken by people at the time. Yeah, well, this is, you know, it's the same as with his book on synchronicity. He yeah, it's very different stories. He's, he's obtuse. Yeah, and he tells different stories. I and mean, sometimes, you know, the archetype is just a reflection of what's going on right. in the person's unconscious. Okay, I'm down with that. I can, I'm down with the, the archetype is kind of a mirror, you know? Well, I, I'm also down I, with your, your idea that the archetypes don't drive things. Um, I, I, I've always kind of felt that the, the whole idea of, of the collective symbols that are shared around the world are more mechanisms than anything else. And that's why when people say, well, what is the trickster? Is it, is it a bean? Is it a, a coyote? Is it a spider? Or what? And I say, no, it's a mechanism that ties inexplicable events together and creates, uh, you know, topple static structure as a result and creates change, uh, room for change and creativity within culture. You know, it's, it's kind of cut and dried that way. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but man, you, you, you dissed me, man. No, I'm just saying that the trickster, see, I, where I, the only way I would dispute what you just said is I would say that instead of saying the trickster is a mechanism, I would say the trickster is a symbol of maybe a mechanism. Yeah, or, yeah. well, same or, thing. It's, yeah, I mean, that's right. That's all I'm saying. I, mean, I, I think that the archetype is just, it's a way of representing consciously, consciously representing it's, it's something a label. much more, yeah, something much more fundamental and something probably unconscious that we can't consciously fully grasp. So we need these we need these simplified concepts to get a handle on them and to maybe make them work in our lives or at least enable us to form hypotheses or whatever. So yeah, we we need them. But like in the case of synchronicity, I think that it's a it's an epiphenomenon of what is really going on. And what's really going on is just this mysterious relation to time that we don't really understand and it goes against our our sort of the the basic models that we sort of have to work with in real life. You know, we have to make certain assumptions like that A causes B, you know, because 99% of the time A does cause B. So when B causes A, we're going to misinterpret that and we're going to tie our head in knots trying to figure out how to make A cause B when in fact, no, it was B causing A because you know, there's a certain. For most people, that'll just go right over their heads, and they won't realize that B was causing A. And and it's only if you're aware of that as being a possibility that you can right. even comprehend and recognize it. Right. Exactly. And that's so really have, important. And that's what you're right. And that's what I wrote about actually really in my, in my most recent blog post. I don't know if you read it, but I'm basically saying that you have to for this to work and for this to even manifest, you have to take a certain interest in it, and you have to be open to first noticing these deviations and anomalies and then ultimately you've got to like really be really really motivated to find them and that and that itself will act to sort of bootstrap the mechanism of aligning your life with these kinds of events i'm just sort of 
drifting off into the zone of power of law of attraction, kind of, kind of basic new age philosophy. But I, right, I think but it is. It's a snowball it going down a hill. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's important, you know, uh, for people out there that are interested in in possibly taking Eric up on his suggestion. You got to keep a dream journal. You have to write things down that 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 are have meaning to you, and you don't understand why. Yeah. If something gets your attention and it doesn't particularly at that moment make sense why it's grabbing your attention, write it down. I mean, everybody's walking around with with cell phones and tablets, and <laughs> you know we have laptops. I mean, it's very easy to keep a dream journal. It's very easy to write down a date and a. I can't believe this this thought that I just had. You know, most people are lazy and they don't want to take the time to do things like that. But if you're really interested in becoming part of a solution to, um, you know, some of the, the deeper mysteries of consciousness, uh, you know, work a little. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, it's um, you've just got to start to pay attention to this stuff. Um, Let me throw something out here, which takes us back to a more physical level. Okay, so... We are seeing events that happen in the future. We're seeing our own future. Does that extend to the past that precedes us or not? Are you saying... If we we can see in the future, it has to be our own future. We can't see the far future when our descendants are seeing something, nor can we see something in the past before we were born? I would suggest that there's no... That this this effect I'm describing would would operate in all directions. But the thing is, we're seeing something in the past. We're going to assume that it's just a memory. It's not going to occur to us that oh this this information is reaching me through some other channel than just my my own physical memories. Yeah, so deja vu gene would be an example of what you're talking about. I wanted to define this, but okay. So if we're seeing things in the future, can we physically travel to the future or to the past? What's no, your opinion? I, my, my opinion is at least for the purposes of what I'm talking about. No, I'm trying to create. I'm part of what I'm trying to do is to come up with as parsimonious a theory of the most baffling one of the most baffling phenomenon phenomena in human existence, which is synchronicities uh, and come up with a parsimonious theory that doesn't require other, like it requires a minimum of phenomena to come in and, and help explain. I'm not saying time, tra- physical time travel is impossible, but I'm saying you don't need it for what yeah. I'm saying. Now one it's, it's, explanation sometimes for synchronicity is, Oh, it's just coincidence. You know, sure. it's like you'll get, Three hole in ones, but never do it again for the rest of your life, or anything that where that, things that, sort of just align. Things yeah. align, like for example, we were talking about a particular guest who might be on next week's show, and that particular second, I didn't even know he was online. He posted a message in our forums. Mm-hmm. Well, that well, my favorite one was from Charles Fort. The guy goes fishing, loses his wedding ring, and comes back uh, to the same dock thirty years later is fishing, catches a fish, cleans a fish, and there's his wedding ring inside the fish. That's one of my all-time favorites. That was yeah. a very fishy thing to happen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. I agree that that's a very fishy thing to happen, and I'm not sure I believe that story. But That's two yeah, bad jokes cool. in a row. Let's continue. Yeah, well, so you're saying that one was downwind of the fish market, huh? <laughs> oh, very much so. But, you know, really yeah, close I mean, to the on, fish market. Fort. I mean, you can't go wrong with old Chuck, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. Well, it's, it's, it's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> if it's real, that's a good one. It's real. It definitely is. Yeah, there are some, there are some synchronicities 
that I have read that I struggle to fit into my model, but they're not that many. One of them, one of them that still troubles me is the one that um, Jacques Vallée talks about in his, I think he talks about it in Messengers of Deception. Oh, the Melchizedek one? The Melchizedek, yeah. <laughs> that, that to me is, is really astonishing and clearly astonished him. Although even there, it would, I realized it would actually fit into my model. If, you know, Let's explain how it fits into your model in our next segment. Okay. Eric Warko with Gene and Chris. You're in Paracast. We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com By now, you may have heard a bit about Bitcoins. But did you know Bitcoins are now over an $8.5 billion market? And did you know that over 65,000 businesses now accept Bitcoins? Listen, if you're already earning Bitcoins or trying to make money in the Bitcoin market, you've got to know BidBit.co. Why? Because BidBit.co is where you can easily receive Bitcoins by selling and auctioning off your own personal items or promote business products and services for Bitcoins. You heard right. Whether personal or business, you can now buy, sell, and auction auction your product and services quickly, easily, and securely for Bitcoin at BidBit.co, the first and only marketplace website to offer BidBit escrow, a proprietary technology which gives buyers and sellers security and peace of mind because all transactions are protected. Start today. It's free to join, free to post, free to auction, and free to bid at BidBit.co. Buy, sell, bid, or auction everything Bitcoin. That's www.bidbit.co. BidBit.co. You pick up the receiver with your heart racing and sweat dripping from your forehead. You finally muster the courage to dial the number to call into your favorite talk radio show. It rings once, twice, and then... Hello, it's GCN. What's your name and the state you're calling from? Surprised you got through, you squeak out. Jason from Minnesota. Please hold. As you patiently wait for your turn, you begin to daydream about being a famous talk radio host and what it would be like to have your own show. Jason from Minnesota, you're up. Millions of loyal listeners worldwide waiting to call and talk to you. Caller, are you there? Cheering crowds surround you, calling out your name. Going once, twice. Okay, we gotta move on to the next caller. You blew it. Huh? Wait, no! Interact with the host you're listening to right now online at GCNlive.com. Click on the community link. Engage with other listeners. Ask questions. Start debates. Don't agree with the host? Let them know. Be a part of the community at GCNlive.com.
Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Hi, this is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Explain to us this item from Jacques Vallée's book, how it fits into your model, Eric Wargo. But before we do that, I did hear from Jacques very recently, they're working on a new UFOs and Antiquity book with Chris Aubeck. So he's not focusing on the current stuff right now. Now, please go ahead, Eric. What I'm waiting for him to do, I, I'm really waiting for volume three of, of Forbidden Science. I really hope it will be coming. I hope there, there is uh, a volume three in the works because his diaries are unbelievably great. I don't, I don't know if you guys have read them. But. Okay, to answer your question about the Melchizedek thing, which he also talks about in his, in his journals, Basically, he, you know, okay, first of all, he sees, you know, this name Melchizedek all over the subways, I think it's in Paris. Uh, he sort of finds out that this is a UFO kind of cult, UFO group. It's sort of international. He winds up studying this sort of as part of his research for his book, Messengers of Deception. And then he's, uh, I forget what the circumstance was, but he was taking a taxi cab home or taking a taxi cab to a, a studio or something where he was going to record something. And the driver of the taxi's name turns out to be Melchizedek. And it turns out that there's only one Melchizedek in the LA phone directory. So, you know, the, the odds against this are just, you know, just astronomical. So, you know, and that clearly had a huge, huge impact on, on him. But here's my proposal. And I honestly, I'm not saying this is what happened, but it could fit into my model in the following way, that the precipitating event here was the coincidence of a cab driver named Melchizedek after having done a research project on Melchizedek, and that that, that astonishment echoed back in time and primed him to see the name Melchizedek on the subway walls to begin with, which set him on the whole course of studying UFOs. So it'd be like a time loop, like sort of the, the feedback loop, time loop uh, kind of thing that I'm, I'm discussing that maybe the precipitate, maybe the whole, the precipitating thing here was the cause of the whole, of his whole path over the course of those, however many months or well, years. Why would, why so, would the name Melchizedek have such a, a profound impact on him? Uh, just seeing it, uh, uh, you know, on the plate of a cab driver. Because it, it had an impact because he'd just done all this research on Melchizedek because he saw it on 
the subway wall because, and he saw it on, he noticed it on the subway wall because of a future coincidence. So I'm saying, yes, it is like a closed kind of time loop. Um, I know, I mean, it's totally illogical and totally defies logic. Well, like, it's, it's, it's science fiction land here. It's what, what's cause and what's effect basically. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's the question. Chicken and, chicken and egg. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, again, I'm, I'm tossing that out there. I, you know, I, I'd hate to, <laughs> I hope Chuck Belay doesn't hear this because he'd probably think that was stupid, but you know, that, that is the way that it would work in the, in the system that I'm proposing. Hmm. Well, I, I tell you, I've had some synchronicities in my life that, um, you know, have always, um, have always puzzled me and I'm constantly, um, you know, on the lookout uh, mm-hmm. For these things, and 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 especially synchronicities that may tie into the whole idea of precognition. Mm-hmm. Thinking about somebody, they call. Um, everybody's had that happen at one point in their lives, I'm sure. Um, that's a fairly common one. Um, thinking about somebody and then uh, running into them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I had a interesting synchronicity where I had a college uh, friend of mine I hadn't seen in years, and within one week I ran into him three times, including uh, twice in Manhattan and once passing each other on walkways in the Minneapolis airport. I mean, Hmm. what are the odds? Right. These things do happen. I think there is some sort of, of clue there. I I think we're dealing with, uh, as you said, a chicken, the egg type scenario. There may be some hidden causality going on that we're not aware of. That may be bass backwards from, from the way that we would normally, normally think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the, the, the base the most basic kind of synchronicity that you mentioned, the, you know, where you're thinking, you think of someone and then like 10 minutes later, you get an email from them or you run into them on the street or whatever. I think that's the easiest to explain using the precognition model that I'm saying, because it's basically exactly the same thing as what happens in one of Dean Radin's experiments, um, which is, uh, you know, often it's, it's someone that you don't run into every day. So there's like a, a real surprise factor or, you know, wow, I haven't seen that person in 10 years, whatever. And the, that emotionality, that salience, that emotional salience in your day, it sort of stands out. You know, it echoes back in time, you know, 10 minutes or 20 minutes or, you know, whatever. And so you have that thought and that's what stimulates the thought. Because we assume that our train of thought, again, it has that linear causal causal direction that, you know, we, we think of something or we have a thought or we have an emotion. Well, it must be because of, you know, we just assume that it's because of the forward flow of events in our daily experience. Um, but uh, I'm saying that, you know, some of these, you know, on an unconscious level, um, you know, information from the future, ha- if, if Dean Radin and all those guys are right, then on an unconscious level, we are receiving information from the future and it's going to percolate up into our consciousness in all these different ways by stimulating, you know, a, a certain thought or getting us to you know, have a certain emotion, you know, and we're going to miss it because we're always looking backwards. We're always assuming that the causality is, is in one direction and that it's not, there's not a more complex story. Well, you know, that kind of brings, brings me to the question of why don't we see more accurate uh, prophets and prophecy? You would think that there would be people possibly on some level that would be tapping into into this particular structure or scenario and would be able to then effectively use it, whether by design or by accident, uh, to prophesize uh, future events. Mm-hmm. 
uh, prophets, by and large, don't have really a very good track record. And right. the ones that do are so general and so kind of open to interpretation, like Nostradamus and, and um, you know, a few others. Uh, what was the mother? What was her name? Uh, not Mother Jones. Um, there was some uh, woman uh, prophet, I think, in the Middle Ages that actually was fairly accurate. But shouldn't we be seeing more prophets uh, prophesizing and blowing people's minds and uh, ending up in the National Enquirer? That is a huge, hugely important question, and I've I've actually thought a lot about this, and I've wrote, written about this on my blog too. I think there are actually some good reasons why prophecy is really rare, and why these kinds of psi abilities, particularly precognition, are not manifested more obviously in our lives. Um, and it it goes to well, one way of thinking about it. Again, yeah, I like to think about you know the Frank Herbert universe. Uh, he used a very interesting uh, literary device to explain why uh, prophecy is unreliable in a world that includes more than one prophet. Um, in I think it was Dune Messiah. He, there's a plot to assassinate Paul Muad'Dib, you know, who has these, this oracular vision, and sort of ma- this plot. These 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 plotters to mask their 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 plot from Paul. They involve in their plans a guild steersman who himself has oracular powers. And this cloaks, essentially cloaks their activities from Paul's ability to see. Well, I think that something like that actually is operative. If if everybody was a prophet, if everybody could see the future, but also, also, uh, (laughs) I'd hate to be a bookie. (laughs) Well, right. I mean, the point is everybody's freely willed action would negate the value of that information. It would, it would be mush. It would be useless. And so we would evolve a, a, a barrier, essentially, to receiving that information because it's 99% of the time going to be wrong. So why, why you know, let that information even into your consciousness if it's going to be wrong most of the time? Um, you don't want that. You don't want to be seeing the future in a, in a universe where everybody is freely willed and can affect that future. And this that is sounds happen. like a very interesting thought for a science fiction novel. Maybe somebody's <laughs> written it already, where everyone sees the future, and there's got to be lots of crazy, humorous situations that arise from it. I'm not going to write that novel. But we do have Eric Wargo, who probably won't either. And Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. GCN. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. 
For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. Attention taxpayers, if you've received a notice from the IRS or state, do not ignore it. It's also a big mistake to try and handle your tax problem on your own. If you owe back taxes, it's a fact that the government has the power to take everything you own, including your home, business, wages, savings, and your freedom. But here's the good news. There's a special toll-free tax hotline set up especially for you. This tax hotline will tell you about new programs that are geared to help you dramatically settle, reduce, or eliminate what you owe. But you have to call now. Take down this number or put it in your cell phone. But call 877-345-7645. That's 877-345. 345-7645. When you call, you get free information on how you can reduce or eliminate back taxes, including penalties and interest. You can also be helped if you have unfiled returns, a tax lien, wage garnishment, bank levy, or if you have been entered into a payment plan but can't make the payments. Don't make the big mistake in thinking you can ignore or handle your tax problem on your own. You can stop the collection process immediately at 1-877-345-7645. That's 1-877-345-7645. 1-877-345-7645. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Hi, this is Nick Pope. You're listening to the Paracast. With Gene and Chris in the Paracast, this has been a fascinating journey. Well, to the past, the future, to multiple realities with Gene and Chris and Eric Wargo. Chris? Want to hear hear some precognition? I want to hear some precognition. (laughs) Go ahead. Say it again. I want to hear some precognition. Oh, well. I almost had a very talented wife from Sweden, very talented psychic, but she left before we met. <laughs> True story. I've never heard that. That's good. <laughs> True story, bad joke. <laughs> hey. I liked it. Compared to your jokes, pal. 
I don't tell jokes. No, here's another good one. It's a Steve Wright joke. Talk about an interesting comedian. He'll stand there in front of a huge audience and go, all right, how many people out there believe in psychokinesis? Okay, raise my hand. (laughs) (laughs) I miss Steve Wright. He was awesome. Yeah, he was good. I ran into him on a bus once, and uh, and, it was like Woody Allen. You know, the very fact that I recognized him freaked him out. And, and, you know... (laughs) I, he, he, I could tell he thought maybe I was an axe murderer or, <laughs> you know, a Mark David Chapman type or, oh, he was just really, really uncomfortable that, uh, that I knew who he was. And <laughs> you remembered him at all, unless you were a stalker. <laughs> uh, well, I love, I, I've always loved his joke. Um, you know, everybody's so, uh, science is so concerned with the speed of light and it's so important. I want to know what's the speed of dark. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what the answer is? The speed of dark is how quickly consolidation of the media is occurring by corporations. Oh, okay. Getting very close. <laughs> they talk yeah, about liberal about media, and they haven't a clue when they talk about it. I hate to uh, get political here again, but uh, hey, Dick Cheney's got a heart, so we can all breathe easier now. The problem is whose heart. Right. Yeah. That is, that's a scary thought. Well... Would you go hunting with the man? I wouldn't go hunting with anybody, but that's just me. <laughs> Good thing he uses birdshot. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Well, we're in our last segment. Eric, obviously, we're going to have to have you back on the show. Um, you know, this is the kind of thing that really I look forward to. You know, I love all these subjects that we cover, but but when we start talking about real cutting-edge thinking in terms of, of reality, you know, how it's set up, you know, the blind spots uh, that that may exist within our, our model of of consciousness, reality, our, our perceptions, uh, chicken and the egg issues. Uh, it, it, this is the kind of stuff that I really, uh, really enjoy uh, talking about. And I'm going to be keeping an eye on your blog. And uh, I would really like it if uh, we could get you back on the show. We've we've had some uh, questions on our forums of um, from Jeff Davis and others who are who are fans. Uh you do have some fans here at the Paracast. And, you know, this is why the Paracast, I think, is important because there aren't many people like you out there willing to get on the radio on a show like this and talk about these these types of, of very, very uh, progressive, complicated subjects. And, uh, you know, anytime, uh, you know, we can get a guest like you on here, I'm, I'm happy about it. And uh, I really want to thank you for being on. What are some of the projects now that, uh, and some of the thinking, wh- where is it leading you? What are some of the things that you're you're kind of progressing towards, do you think? You know, I just saw Ex Machina the other night. Uh, have you guys seen that movie yet? It's, uh, you know. What movie? Ex Machina, the, the, the new science fiction movie about, um, it's, it's by the, I forget the name of the, uh, who the director is, but he, uh, the, the screenwriter of 28 days later and a few other movies. Uh, but it's, it's this really excellent science fiction movie about a sort of a, a Silicon Valley tycoon type who creates an artificial intelligence and artificially, a, 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 a basically a conscious, uh, female Android. And he brings this employee of his, to his like remote, like lab to basically spend a week with this, this, this female Android and sort of give it the Turing test, essentially try and sort of convince him that this, that she's conscious. And it's, it's really a smart, wow, nice. really cool, really cool movie. Uh, and who that, plays the Android? Oh, she, uh, this, 
very pretty. I think she's a Swedish actress. I forget her name, but um, uh, but it's really, really a good, really a good movie. And uh, and I have you know I'm usually really disappointed by Hollywood you know treatments of you know questions about AI and stuff like that. But this this really I thought you know did it quite well. But- Let me give you some basic information. The movie's open in limited distribution. It got eighty nine percent rating at Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty high. That I is mean, high. It's pretty good. Director is Alex Garland. Okay. Right. You want to know more? Well, he's getting all that information. It opened on April 10th. Again, I know it's playing in the Phoenix area of Arizona. You kind of have to look at where it's playing in your particular city. I'm sure it'll, I'm sure it'll hit Redbox uh, soon enough if sure. it's in limited uh, release. Right. Well, in any event, the reason I bring that up is that I think – I'm really interested in this question, obviously, of consciousness. I think all of us who are sort of in thinking about these things, we really want to know what's going on with consciousness. And an idea that I've sort of been toying with for a long time, and this synchronicity series has kind of led to this, uh, or led back to it, is that we might be using the wrong word when we're talking about consciousness, when we're talking about, uh, you know, first of all, for for a model for sort of uniting my sort of mental phenomena and physical phenomena, you know, a lot of anti-materialists are trying to trying to talk about consciousness, you know, people like Deepak Chopra and stuff, they're always talking about consciousness. And also, you know, the AI community, they're talking about, you know, creating conscious machines and should we create conscious machines and what will happen and is it possible? I, I think that consciousness is the wrong word. I think that the, the, that, that it presupposes this kind of cold, logical, kind of self-conscious self, I don't know, it's the wrong, it's sort of a computer almost term. And I think what we're really looking for is something more emotional, uh, something more about uh, enjoyment or bliss, or these are topics I talk about a lot on my blog. Um, uh, Something that's much more a feeling uh, and that that's really the basis of what we're, what we should be looking for. And that, that if we're looking for some concept to unify, you know, physical models with, with psychology. You've got to coin a new word, do an Alexander Hegg on us and come up with a new word. Coin a new word. It only moves forward at the, at the pace of the language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's, yeah. I, so I think I'm going to have some, some posts upcoming uh, on that. You know, do, do like a cloud sourcing thing, do a contest. What word would you suggest that has to encompass these things? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that means that means consciousness, but consciousness is not you know is 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 too is too cut and dried and, and is limited. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I can't, I always come back to words like bliss and ecstasy because I think that there's some fundamental you know when mystics you know when they dive deep in meditation or whatever they always report that the fundamental field of you know, it's not, it's not consciousness. It's, it's this bliss awareness. It's like this, 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 there's some, there's a blissful quality to it. And, you know, this gets, well, it, how about X to Nirvana bliss? X to Nirvana. There you go. I love it. I love it. And I think Nirvana. we have to wrap it up here. Okay. X to Nirvana bliss. <sighs> okay, guys, we have to wrap it up, but we could go on for another six hours. In any case, Eric, tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff that you write about. Okay, my blog is www.thenightshirt.com. It's The Nightshirt, all one word. We have a link for that, by the way, over at thepowercast.com. So if you don't remember, thenightshirt.com 
you take a look at the powercast.com. When you click on his name or tap his name, depending on what kind of device you're using, you'll get there and you'll learn things that you never expected to learn before. Sometimes it's like a hair shirt, reading reading some of this stuff. It's <laughs> a hair shirt. <laughs> oh, well, man. he's going to get that domain. Just wait for that. Okay, you can find us on Twitter. We're known as the Paracast. Look for the Paracast on Twitter. We also have two Facebook fan clubs. Don't get started with how you make it one. We know how to do it, but you lose one in the translation. We also have that other radio show called after the Paracast, and here's how you get it. You join up the Paracast Plus at plus.theparacast.com, P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com. And when you do that, you have an option of a monthly subscription, a one-year subscription, and a five-year subscription. If you go for the one-year or the five-year, you get a free copy of the ebook version of Stalking the Tricksters from Chris O'Brien. Now obsolete. Go to plus.theparacast.com, P-L-U-S.theparacast.com. This has been a fascinating episode. Eric Wargo, we want you back. Thanks for joining us on the Paracast. Well, thanks, guys. This was totally, totally fun. This was a really fun conversation. I would love to come back. The Paracast. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.